You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey friends, I'm here with some exciting news. We all know how life can be difficult. An endless series of little tasks that just pile up on top of each other. You probably find yourself wandering through your day, just wondering how you're gonna get it all done. Thing after thing after thing. Friends, I'm here to tell you that there is a better way. That's right, there's a better way for you to accomplish all those little tasks that you have to do. Get them all done so that you have more time for things that are really important, like pogo stick aerobics. All these tasks can be done simply and easily by you just by doing it a better way. What's that better way you ask? I'm glad you asked. You can come find out here at Paradox Church. We're launching a new series on January 3rd called, you guessed it, A Better Way. So join us here in person in the building or join us at paradoxchurch.com and follow along online at 10 o'clock. Can't wait to see you so we can all learn. Say it with me. That's right, A Better Way. Hey, good morning, Paradox. Uh, I am Nora's daddy, also known as Dave, and uh, it's uh, Nora's my daughter. If you're watching online, by the way, you have no idea that she's screaming out that it's my turn, and it is. Uh, it's my turn right now to talk. Good to be here with you all. Glad that you're joining us online. Uh, welcome. Leave us a comment. Say hi. Let us know that you're here. Uh, we are glad that you are. It's always good to be together. Just want to start out this day by sharing a few of the things that are going on. Man, it's good to start together with worship. I love that song. I love the words to that song, that God is the only one, is the only one that can turn graves into gardens. He's always doing something, even in the moments that seem the most hopeless, even in the moments where we just feel like, gosh, what are you doing? There's there's nothing good happening. Uh, Maybe some of us have felt that way this past week, where you feel like it just can't get worse, and it just seems to keep on getting worse. We thought we were done with this with 2020, but now we come into 2021 and it seems like there is more. So many of the events of this past week have been hard and we would be fooling ourselves if we thought that there wasn't more to come. But I want to share a scripture with you today. And it's from 2 uh, Chronicles 7.14. And it says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will heal here from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And I love this this verse specifically because there's two parts. In the second part of that, it's God saying what he will do, what only he can do. The words of that song, you're the only one that can. He's the only one that can hear. He's the only one that can forgive. He's the only one that can bring healing to our hearts, healing to our land. But just as we said last week, there is a part that we play. 
There's a part that we play in this. And our part is to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek God's face and to turn from our own wicked ways. And I want to give us an opportunity to do that this morning together. Would you join me in prayer as we begin today? Father God, you are the only one that can. We praise you this morning. We thank you that you are good. You are in control. You've never stopped being in control, God. And you are able, you are more than able to accomplish your will, your purposes. You called us, God, your church, to storm the gates of hell, to bring your kingdom and your purposes here on earth. And you are doing it, God. You never stopped. You are doing it and you will do it, God. And I pray that you would use us, your church, to bring your kingdom. No other kingdom, God, but yours here on earth. I pray that you would be known as king. That our hearts would be for more of your will, more of your way, and no one and nothing else. So, Father, I pray that in these moments, would you just search every one of our hearts, God, so many of us are on, on a, on a, are on a high seat. Whether we're judging others, God, looking down on, in disbelief, in disgust, even. God, I pray that we would humble ourselves. Would you open up our hearts in these moments, God, for us to consider the ways that we have contributed to the brokenness of your world, of our world, of our relationships, of our own lives, God. And as we humble ourselves, God, we pray that you would meet us here, that you would do something in us, and that we would go out of here different, able to bring peace, shining your face, God, showing the world your love, your, your, your love that sent you to the cross, your love that sacrificed, your love that gave up, your love that did not cling to what was rightfully yours, but laid yourself down. Father, that is our calling. And I pray that you would bring more of your image, more of your likeness, more of your heart to us today. We pray all these things, God. We seek your face, and we do it in the mighty, powerful, good and only name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking about some hard things. And we're going to continue to talk about some hard things today as we move into this second week of our Better Way series. Rory and Holly McDonald are going to be sharing a message. And I've always said that they are two people that do hard things. Their story over the last year, um, I think you're going to really, really love. It's been awesome to see the things that they have said yes to, the ways they've said yes to God, and the things that they've had to say no to as a result and what God has done in that. But before we get on into that, I want to share a few of the things that are going on uh, around here at Paradox. And the first is that you may have seen uh, what looks like the Grinch's sleigh as you walked into Paradox today. That is not the Grinch, although Mike can be a Grinch when it comes to Christmas things. He's not the Grinch today. He is filling up that truck with all of your cans, all of your bottles. If you had, you know, that secret party or something over the holidays, no judgment for us. Just bring the bottles and cans in, okay? 
throw them in the back of Mike's truck, and like the Grinch, he is going to go down uh, to, I don't know, Kroger or wherever he does his bottling, uh, and he's going to turn those in because we're giving that away. It is called Cans for Cans, and we are trying to raise some money to provide food to all of the people that are in need in Warren and this area and beyond. So if that is you, or if you know someone who is in need, maybe not even in need, but, but could really use just a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of support in this time, we want to encourage you to take advantage of that. It's not taking advantage of it. It's why we're doing it. It's what it's there for. Every single Monday at Warren City Hall from 9 a.m. to noon, you can come, really very few questions asked. Uh, it's like, what's your name? Okay, do you want pork with that? That's pretty much it. Uh, you can come and get some great food. We are partnering with other churches in Warren and with Forgotten Harvest to provide this. It is a huge blessing. It's an amazing thing. If you want to be a part of this, uh, I love seeing people serving together. We get to walk up and down and offer, hey, is there anything that we can pray for you about in the time that people are waiting? It is an awesome opportunity for the church to be the church and to meet this practical need. That's why we're doing this. You can bring your cans right here. If you're watching on Line, you can bring them up here throughout the week. We will be happy to take those back for you. Um, heck, we'll even come and pick them up if that's something that you need or want done. Just indicate that on your Connect card, all right? That's your way that you can always communicate everything back and forth with us, whether that is on the Connect card digitally or the Connect card personally, all right? We also are looking forward to, oh, the next time, I was going to say this, uh, the next time that we are doing this together as a church, it happens every Monday, you can go every Monday, but we are doing this together as a church on Monday, January 18th. That's kind of Paradox's week to step up and say, hey, we got this, so let's represent, let's show up, let's do our part for this awesome, awesome initiative that the church in Warren is doing together. Later on that night, we are also having a night of prayer and worship and conversation specifically around this area of racial unity in America. It's like the, the bandage that keeps on getting ripped off, and we want to see God's kingdom come. We want to see healing brought to this land. And so we are going to worship God for all that he has done. We are going to pray that he would continue to work, and we are going to hear from some men whom I greatly love and respect uh, Pastor Juwan Glenn from Antioch, Detroit. Many of you know him. He's going to be back. He shared right from this stage just a few weeks ago, and he's going to be back again to share more of his heart, more of his wisdom. We always love having him. We're also asking Wayne Stapleton, Pastor Wayne Stapleton from Renewal Church just down the street to join us with this time, as well as Fikre Prince, who is the director of Central Detroit Christian, whom we partnered with uh, in Detroit to do our Christmas giving tree um, things just uh, just last month. So it is going to be an awesome night. We are going to be doing that virtually, so you can join us 7 p.m. on January 18th. That is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, and we are going to be celebrating and honoring him, his legacy, with worship and prayer and conversation. We hope that you join us. It's going to be an awesome, awesome night. Uh, well, uh, one final thing that we need to take care of before we move into our day, and that is our offering. This is, in so many ways, our worship. It is our time to give back to God out of everything that he has given to us. It is our partnership. God does what He only he can do. 
and we do what we can do. And this is one of the ways that we partner with God and his purposes here in Warren and around the world by giving of our tithes and offerings. And we thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for saying yes to God and no. I know that especially in times like this, that can be a hard no to, to, to say to so many other things, but thank you for your generosity and your support. Uh, you can do that if you're live on in person at the orange buckets in the back, or you can always download that Church Center app. We're loving it. Are you guys loving it? Okay. Two people are loving it. We want to see more people love this app uh, in the future. So you can download that. It's going to give you all kinds of information on everything I just said. One-click registration for you and your kids, which is wonderful. And you're going to be able to just click, and you can give right there online. More is coming. We're working hard on that, and it's an awesome, awesome thing. Thank you again for downloading that, for participating, and for your partnership. Speaking of the kiddos, all right, if you are here this morning, kids, let us hear you. So the quietest you've ever been. Kids, where are you? Yeah. Hey, kids, we love you. We're so glad that you're here with us. Parents, if you need a break, there is a playground right outside. You can, you can go over there. You can even watch the service from there. It's, it's a great thing. There's also busy bags at the Journey Kids registration desk. If you're seeing kids, you know, using some stuff right now, that is where they got those from. They can stay busy um, as, they, as we go throughout the service. And, hey, listen, there's... There's no, like, standard or anything like it. Please don't, like, give your kids the death eye or anything and be like, shh, this is God's house or anything. Listen, kids are welcome in God's house, and we're glad that y'all are here with us. So it, we love hearing you, all right? Um, thank you so much, parents, for coming, for making this a value and a priority in your family. We love you, and we believe in the next generation. So we're grateful that you are here. Speaking of all these kids, I want to invite up our speakers for the day, our kids director, Holly McDonald and her husband, who is part of our leadership team at Paradox, Rory McDonald. Yay. I love you guys. I've known these two for quite a while. Um, and as, as I said before, it's been always been awesome to see them do uh, really, really hard things. Uh, Hallie has just has been a model of that. I love her heart. I love the way she says yes to God. She's a great friend, as is Rory, who is also um, is just bold. And he follows Jesus. He hears from God. And I'm excited for you guys to hear from them today. He's also the sole owner of 12th place in our fantasy football league. I was waiting for ah. it. Let's see where you're going. Let's wait out for of, the roast. Out of 12. Yeah. Well, 12. So maybe let's you see can, how bold I yeah. can be today. Yeah. <laughs> Rory and Hallie, everybody. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Um, uh, we... We are so excited to be here with you guys this morning. Um, like Dave said, my name is Holly, and this is my husband Rory, um, and we're just going to share this morning a little bit of a little bit of our story of debt freedom this past year. Um, but we just kind of thought it would be fun to share a little bit about our story yeah. um, and how we met. So I don't know if many of you know this story, but we actually met in high school, mm -hmm. 14 years old. Um, and we were at the high school football game, and just fun from my end, I just happened to look down, literally like this. I looked down at the bleachers, and I don't know why, that's kind of creepy, but we're watching the football game, and I looked down, and I said, who's that? She couldn't take her eyes off me. And I was pointing to that little 14-year-old boy right down there, and my friend at the time, Alexa, she said, oh, his name is Rory McDonald. You do not want to fall for him. 
And eight years later, she was standing up in my wedding, our wedding, right next to this guy. So I did not take her advice. I don't always take my friend's advice. Um, But anyway, so we have been married for six Six years. years. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just cool. So we got out of um, high school. We got married pretty quick. And we were still in college um, doing the... yeah. (laughs) Doing um, the college thing. So while yeah, we're we I, I went to Wayne State University um, for education. Um, I have a teaching degree specifically with special education, and I taught um, at a school up in Northern Oakland County called Oxford Middle School. If you're watching this from Oxford, I love you guys. You're awesome. Um, but uh, and then Holly went to uh, Grace Bible College, which is out on the west side of the state, um, online. Mm-hmm. And so we got married at 21 in 22. the 22, 22. 22. Sorry, 22. <laughs> we got engaged at 21. Married at 22, and then um, we, we got married in the middle of us in our college education. So, like, not only was it like, hey, let's figure out how we financially get married and live on our own, but, hey, why don't we spend all this money on college, too? So, it was an, an exciting adventure, to say the least, um, but it, it led to, just like many college students nowadays, um, us being in a spot where we were... Um, in some financial debt due to student loans. Um, so uh, fast forward now, we have two children, uh, Lila and Owen, who are here with us today. Uh, Owen is two years old and Lila is four. Um, and uh, yeah, we went to 2019. Some crazy things led up to that, um, which led to God literally telling me to step out of my, my teaching position and into something else. Um, and then from there, uh, having two children, uh, having to figure out how to feed them and clothe them and get them a place to live and right. all of these different things and having all the student debt. God said, hey, I want you to, uh, this is the year you're going to pay off your, your, your debt. You're going to so, be debt free. So that was 2019. Yeah, we yeah. had this like stirring. Like God had, we, we felt God had spoken. It was in our quiet time. We were doing this thing called Rolls and Goals. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard Dave talk about that from the stage, but it's basically like we sit down and we look ahead to the year and we say, okay, what are some things that we want to go after? What are some things that maybe God is calling us into? And it was 2019, we were sitting down doing that, and we felt like God said, we, I want you to pay off your debt this year, and, or it's going to be your debt-free year. Yeah. And I can remember us going, wow, cool. Sweet, high five. Yeah, right? that let's sounds great. I mean, it was more of not even as much as let's do it as God's going to do it. Great. Maybe we're going to win the lottery. We don't play the lottery. I don't know what's going to happen, but God's going to do something to um, pay off our debt. Go back that way, buddy. Um, (laughs) And it wasn't until 2020 where we were sitting down again to do our roles and goals. And both of us, it was one mind, one Mm. heart where we were like, there's different areas of it, spiritual, um, financial, physical, like you can go through every area of your life. And highly suggested too, by the way. Yes. And we were just stuck. It was, we, we knew that was on our heart. We said, okay, God said debt free year again. So we wrote it down and it was almost as if we couldn't do anything else. Like that stirring was so big. It was so deep. The conviction was so strong, um, that we just had to go after it that year. Right. So, um, some of the some of the things that really I mean we, we sat down and we kind of compared okay like what was our what was our mindset in 2019 versus our mindset in 2020 how are we partnering with God in 2019 versus how are we partnering God in 2020 and the big thing that Holly and I we really sat on is um, this idea that you you can't you can't sacrifice for something you don't believe in um, in 2019 
we got this vision for God that we were going to be debt-free, but we didn't believe in it enough to sacrifice anything. And then 2020 rolled around, and, and it started to click in us that if God's, going to do, if God's going to do this, we have to believe in it enough to be able to sacrifice whatever it is he's asking us to sacrifice to run in that. Um, and so that's kind of where we're coming from today. Um, and what we're going to be focusing on is giving up those uncomfortable and scary, or taking those uncomfortable and scary steps into what it is that God is asking you to do, um, because there's, there's fulfillment in God's promise on the other side right. of your obedience. Right. Um, yeah. And so we just, all in all, we just believe so strongly in our heart that, like that song said, there are things that only God can do. Like, God is the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He's the deliverer. He's the one who will fulfill the promise. But more than anything, there are steps that he is asking us to take. He is asking us to arise and to go after it. And this Bible is filled with promises for you and I. And, and today, our, our message is not just about get debt-free, get debt-free, although that's a good thing, and we can talk about that later. But our message is arise. When God says a promise, in this scripture, when he promises that he will be with you always, do you, do you really believe it? Are, are you actually willing to take a step towards him to experience that? Or when he says, I will forgive you, I will forgive your transgressions, you know, as far as the east is from the west, do you actually <clears throat> believe that? Do you take st- steps towards him in forgiveness? Um, and so our bottom line, the fulfillment of God's promise is on the other side of our obedience. We really do believe that we were all created. Every single one of us, we were created by God and for God. And because of that, we are designed to seek him. We are designed to see his promises, his word fulfilled. We long for that. Even if it's not on the forefront of our minds, we believe that our souls are actually um, created for that. And when we were preparing for this message, just a story of Joshua and the Israelites. If you're not familiar with it, Roy is going to give us a little bit of context in a second. But we could just not, we could not get the story of the Israelites taking the promised land off of our heart. Yeah. So that, like Holly said, that's what we're going to kind of pick up uh, here. We're in Numbers chapter 13. Um, I'm going to read some of this and kind of give you context leading up to it. So just to give you an idea of what's happened thus far in the Bible, right, up till this point. There's this guy, his name is Moses. Um, he was basically adopted into this Egyptian uh, family, the pharaohs, and finds out eventually who he is, runs away, runs out into the desert. God finds him and speaks to him through the form of a burning bush um, and tells him, hey, go back to Israel or go back to Egypt. The people who were enslaved there um, those are your people, and uh, you're going to deliver them from the Egyptians' hand. They're going to set them free. Then I'm going to lead you into this beautiful land, a land flowing with milk and honey that I've called you to, okay? So Moses does all that. There's the seven plagues that happen. There's all kinds of different things that happen. Leads them out of uh, Egypt, crosses, uh, sticks a staff in, in uh, water, water's part. They s- escape the Egyptians, and now they're in the desert with each other trying to figure out this life, Right? lead them up to like the precipice of what this land that they're supposed to take. And Moses then speaks to the the congregation and says, hey, um, I I want uh, one person from each of these 12 tribes to go and I want you to spy in the land. And that's where we're kind of picking up here. So in verse one, the Lord uh, now said to Moses, send men out to explore the land of Canaan that I'm giving you, you to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He sent 12 men, 
all, twi- all tribal leaders uh, of Israel from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. These were the tribes and the names of the leaders. From the tribe of Reuben, they set Shemua. From the tribe of Simeon, they sent Shaphat. From the tribe of Judah, they sent Caleb. From the tribe of Issachar, they sent Agal. From the tribe of Ephraim, they sent Hosea, which uh, this is actually the same tribe that Moses is from, and he called Hosea uh, Joshua. So when you hear Joshua, they're talking about Hosea. Uh, Benjamin, I'm going to send Palti. From Zebulun, I'm going to send Gideal. From Messiah, son of Joseph, I'm going to send Gadi. From Dan, I'm going to send Emil. From Asher, I'm going to send Shethur. From uh, Nefalti, I'm going to send Nabai. From Gad, I'm going to send Gul. So all of these different people, he says, all right, each tribe, pick your guy. We're sending them out. We're sending these spies to go and explore this land. Um, so that is, and then finally, skipping over now to uh, verse 25, he tells them direction to go. He tells them where to look, what the, he wants them to look at. And finally, they come to this land, and it's beautiful. It's everything that God had promised. Land flowing with milk and honey. There's actually a, a portion of this where he says, the grapes that we found were so big Two guys needed to carry a stick, and we had to uh, hang them on the stick just to carry them out. Like, this is everything that God had promised. So they, they bring these reports after 40 days, and they come back, and here, this is them reporting it back to Moses. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel in Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them from the fruit that they had taken from the land. This is where they report to Moses. We entered the land that you sent us to explore, and it was indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey, and there are all kinds of, and here are the fruits that it's producing. So he's like, it, this, we, God brought us here, we found it. Mm-hmm. Moses, you led us, thank you for leading us, we found it, we're here. Yes, I, I just think like, can you imagine that moment? Like where they hear God's promise, right? They know this is what God said. He's going to do this. And then they finally get there and they see it. Like talk about belief rising up, right? All of a sudden you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's here. It's right in front of me. He didn't make this up. God is actually a promise keeper. But then you continue on in verse 28 and it says this, however... The people, and bear with me on the pronunciation of the names here. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 28, however... We saw it. We see God's promise. It's within reach. It's right there. But then people stand up and they say, um, excuse me, too big, too big. The armies are there. Nope. Mm-mm. You know those people that attacked us not too long ago? They're right in front of me. No way. Like God gives us promises all the time. He speaks to our heart. He, once you open this word, he tells you things that are going to happen. But what do we do as people? We go, nope. is way too big. Great, God, maybe you'll do it. Nope, it's too hard to give. No way, I'm not going to have enough money. No, no way can I set my alarm for 5 a.m. to wake up and to spend time with God. We all, all the time, we see these mountains that are in front of us, and even though we see the promise and it's within reach, our human nature 
just says, nope, it's too big. But I love verse 30. It says this, but Caleb, one of the spies, quieted the people before Moses. And he said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him and said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. But I just want to pause there on two little words. But Caleb. Picture this. There's there's 12 people, right? There's 12 spies who all went. They all saw the same thing. They, They all saw the promised land. But Caleb, there was one. There was one guy right here in this verse who rose up and said, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. God said, almost like the child, right? Like, no, 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 yeah, they're too big, it doesn't matter, but God said, we're gonna occupy it, let's get up, let us go. And I I was thinking when we were preparing for this message and all of the stuff that's going on in our world right now and 2020 is having a way of, you know, carrying into 2021 all of a sudden in these first couple weeks, we were preparing for this and we were like, but wait, our, our country, see, the problems seem too big, right, for us sitting in this room. It feels, for some of us, racial injustice feels too big. All of those things seem too much for us. But God was stirring up something and he spoke to my heart and he said, but there's Caleb's among you. There are people here now. We were made for this time. Esther's, we were made for such a time as this. There's no mistake that all of this seems too big. The mountains seem too big. But God said, there's Caleb's among you. And I'm about to steal the thunder from later in the message. But I just feel God stirring us up, making, calling all of us, every single one of us who are sitting here today listening to this message to rise. He's got something for us. He's got land for us to take. And we do not want to be people who just sit back and say, yeah, sure, God, go ahead. He'll do it, but not take steps that he's asking us um, to take in it. And that leads us to our next point. So number one, God makes a promise. He's number one. He's the bookends, right? He's the beginning and he's the end. God makes a promise to us. He, he makes promises to Joshua and Caleb, and he makes promises to all of us. But our action step Point number two is we have to choose. We have to choose to believe in the promise that he's given us. Yeah, definitely. So going back to our story in 2019, we didn't really believe that promise. It just was a really cool idea. It wasn't until 2020 rolled around that God started to bring it up again that we were like, dang, this isn't. It's not going God, away. <laughs> this isn't, God wants this. Yeah. He's calling us into this. We have to believe this promise. We have to run towards this. How much do we believe it? Um, So that's kind of where we're kind of picking up again. Uh, In chapter 14 now, it says, The whole community began to weep aloud. They began to cry all night. Their voices rose like a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, they said, or even in the wilderness. Why is it that the Lord is taking us to a country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off in plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to have returned to Egypt? Then they plotted amongst themselves, let us choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Man, man. God has so much on the other side of your belief in his promise. And, and none of these people saw it. 
But watch what Caleb says. Then first, Moses and Aaron fell down on the ground in the, uh, before their whole community. Here's one thing that I just want to attest to the leaders of this church. And I, I, on leadership team, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about our pastors here at our church. We have a staff here at our church. We have pastors here at our church that I've seen on a daily basis fall on their faces before Jesus. And I'm so thankful for it because I've seen it and I want you to know about it. They're praying for all of you every day. They're, they're, they're waiting for Caleb's to step up here. Not in Michigan, not the, here in Paradox. Moses and Aaron fell out on the, on the ground before the whole community. Two men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, Caleb, son of Joseph, uh, I can't say that one, tore off their clothes. <laughs> they said to the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. They're reminding us, they're reminding them, God said, God said, we saw it, it's beautiful. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will, have, he will bring us safety into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is not done with us. Do not be afraid. Caleb and Joshua saw the promise and they believed it enough for them to run after it. They went. They said, no, listen, we, we know what's at stake. at stake. We know our lives are at stake. We know our families are at stake. We know our wives, our futures, our, our every, we know what's at stake. This is worth running to. And church, this is us too. This happens all the time, all the time within our church. None of this, look, Dave might be mad at me for saying this and Mike too. Oh God. This, this none of this. <laughs> None of this is about us. None of it. It's not about you. It's not about you. None, it's not about us. This is 100%. This whole room, this whole church, everything that we're for here at Paradox is him. That's it. We want to see reconciliation, racial reconciliation. We want to see a country repaired. Not, not, not because of anything other than it's a reflection of what heaven looks like. It's a reflection of what Jesus looks like. That's what we want. That's what we're about here. We need Caleb's to step up and lead us there. Right, right. But he, here's one more thing that I want to say really quick. It, as I read through this, there's 12 tribes, right? I, 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 I don't know anybody named Igal. <laughs> or Ghoul. Or Shaphat. I, I don't know it. I know Joshua's. I know Caleb's. We got some in our kids' program. We got some that lead or help lead small groups. It's amazing. This happened thousands of years ago. Who, who got remembered? Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb got remembered. And I, I love sports movies. One of my favorite movies ever is The Sandlot. I don't know if you're with me or not. Incredible movie. And one of my favorite parts in this whole movie is uh, one of the characters, if you haven't seen it, I, you need to see it, but one of the characters is sitting in his bedroom and the great Babe Ruth shows up, right? And he talks to this kid and he kind of gives him an idea of what he needs to do. And if you know what I'm talking about, where I'm going with this, you can say it with me. He says, um, uh, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. 
Caleb and Joshua are legends. They're remembered in our kids' names. Right. And I just want to go back to for a second. I love just verses 5 and 6. I just feel like they're so pivotal in um, Joshua and Caleb's choosing to believe. I feel like this might have been one of the moments. It says, And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they said to all the congregation, the people of Israel, their land, and it goes on and on and on. But that moment where they, it says that they tore their clothes, I, that can't be graceful, right? Like that's not just like a, you guys, I mean, I feel like I should just remind you. No, like mm. that's the Hulk moment where mm-hmm. so much passion and excitement and, you know, energy and anger, I'm sure, builds up in them where they're like, no, do you guys not hear this? Did you not see this? And for me, that was a moment of surrender. And I feel like for us in our story, that was 2020 for us, where we really believed it was the tearing the clothes moment, not literally, but it was that tearing the clothes moment where we're like, okay, God, it's yours. It's always been yours. It always will be yours. This money's not ours. This debt is ours, but it's all yours. And it, you know, you get where I'm going. But it yeah. was that surrender <clears throat> moment where we actually chose um, to believe. But now we're going to jump ahead yeah. to Joshua 1. Um, so now, uh, moving forward, we're in Joshua chapter 1 now. Um, I'm just going to start reading it. Uh, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, so Moses, the guy who was leading everybody, he, he dies. The Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Whatever, uh, wherever you set your foot, that you will be on the land that I have given you. From the Negev in the wilderness, in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as, I, as long as you live. For I will be with you wherever you go. I was with Moses. I will not fail you or I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong, be courageous, be careful to obey <clears throat> all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not do, deviate from them, turning either to the right nor to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written on it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So God comes to him and he says, hey, yeah, listen, jo- I'm going to put this in my words. This is Rory translation. Listen, Joshua, here's the deal. Mm. Moses died. So, yeah, (laughs) this is how I picture God talking. Anyways, um, Moses died. Uh, I I need you to step up. Now's the time. I need you to step up. And I could just imagine being in Joshua's position there and going, please don't. (laughs) Like, I I saw what you did. I mean, I saw what you did in, in Egypt. And then we got out to the desert and everybody complained. I complained. I know I annoyed Moses. Don't do this. Please that's where I would be all day long. But what does Joshua say? He doesn't even respond. He just says, 
Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camps and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, we'll cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land that God has given you. He didn't even say yes. He just went. Right. His, his yes was his action. He just went. And it reminds me, this is an emotional morning for me, I feel like. Um, no. <laughs> um, I, I, I heard this, and the first time that I ever read this, I immediately jumped to 9-11 for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if that's the story that God just put on my heart. I have no idea. Um, some of you might know this story. Some of you might not, but I'll refresh you. Uh, during the time when 9-11 was happening, there was the plane that, that was taken over by the passengers. You guys know what I'm talking about? And it, and it crashed in Pennsylvania. Um, there was a, a, a husband and a father on that plane. And you hear some of the stories and some of the phone calls of the families. that They, they called their family and said, hey, here's what's going on. This guy called his family and he said, hey, sweetie, um, here's what's going on. The, uh, there's, there's people on the plane. They're taking it. They're trying to crash it. I don't know where we're going, but we're taking the plane over. And she said, she just started crying. And he said, listen, here's, tell the kids I love them. I'll always be there. Tell them that I love them. And she said, okay, bye. And as he's hanging up the phone, he doesn't even hang it up yet. And he goes, let's roll. And he just goes, do, do, do we, do we arise as a community like that man? Let's roll. Right. And, and that's, that just drives it home for us. I mean, the fulfillment, saying it again, the fulfillment of God's promise is on the other side of our obedience. And for us, obedience was arising. It was God saying, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get debt free. This is how you're going to do it. And it was Rory and I going after it and saying, okay, Lord, and putting it to action. And just to wrap up our story, um, our debt freedom story, God spoke to us, um, it, it was about midway through the year where we were starting to pay off here and there, we'd get a little bit of extra and then we'd start to pay more debt and, you know, we were going after our student loans and God actually spoke to me specifically and he said, here's how you're going to do it. And I hesitate sharing numbers because it's like awkward, but who cares? <laughs> we're all family, right? So let's just go. Um, so God said, I want you to pay off $10,000 for the next couple months, and you will be $10,000 a month, I should say that, for the next couple months, and then you will be debt-free on September 30th. I, felt I almost that. passed out. So, first of all, <laughs> let me give you the disclaimer. We don't have that in our bank account. Like, that's not a, oh, sure, okay, easy. We'll just cash out this, or we'll just sell this car, or we'll do that. No, we, we didn't have that. So month number one rolls around, and I'm like, you better get to work. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how this is coming. Um, and he did, and the Lord provided, and we gave. We, that was a conviction for us that we were not going to stop giving. And he, he did it. And we were like, oh, did we just make 10000 Did we just, were we able to pay off 10000 And we said, yeah, okay, great. So month number two rolls around. We're like, all right, here we go. Let's. Let's do it again. God's going to do it. And a couple weeks go by and we're like, okay, it's not here, but that's all right. And it's coming. And I'm pretty sure that month we got, we hit that goal by September, that 30th day or whatever it was. And we're like, oh my gosh. Well then here's what happens. I love even, um, God said it to Joshua, don't turn right or left. Like stay on the path, stay forward. And we started to get a little wise and we're like, okay, 
well, we see how we could finish this. We knew we wanted to sell our house that year, so we're like, okay, let's, let's do it. And it was the right amount of money that we would be able to finish our debt. So we're like, God would want us to get our debt paid off mm-hmm. a couple months early. Why not? He said September 30th, but I'm sure he would be happy with August. And so we skipped a month. And we're like, okay, well, let's save that. And we had it. Of course we had it because God said we were going to do it. But we're like, no, we'll, we'll pay it off later after we get this dream house of ours down the way. We deviated a little bit. Our sale of our house fell through. Sale of that or purchase of that house fell through. There was a lot of heartbreak. There was a lot of cries. There was a lot of tears. We were sad. I think my dad was even sad. I mean, like (laughs) it rippled, right? Like more people were sad. Um, But it's just so true that when God says something and he gives you that vision, like we can't deviate. We can't go right or left. Um, And just to wrap it up, of course, God is faithful and he is good. And by September 30th, we were able to pay off all our debt. And there was so much blessing along the way. There was so much um, joy in the sacrifice. Like, we, it, it sounds so silly, but the biggest thing that drove me nuts about our whole debt freedom story was the fact that I couldn't buy a new couch. Like, I know, it sounds very first world problem, very not a big deal. But we had a huge rip in our couch, and it was so frustrating. And I would say every day, I'm like, when can we just buy the couch? Like, I just would get so mad about this couch. And it's just so funny to see how God carries you even through your sacrifice, even through the things that you have to let go and you have to say no to, and the times where you have to turn friends down and say, no, we can't do that. Or can we bring it to your house? Can we bonfire it up instead? Like, what can we do that doesn't cost money? There was so much joy and freedom. And it wasn't because, yes, we were debt-free. That's something to celebrate. But we, looking back on that year, we got so much more of Jesus. Oh, yeah. We, we were in step with him with mistakes. It was not perfect. But we experienced his love and his provision on a daily basis in every single um, step a part of this journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it's... It, it was, it was amazing, and if it, here's, here's my, uh, let me put it this way, I, it was, it was not easy, like, I, I know it sounds, like, we might be up here, and this might sound like, oh my gosh, this is, paying off all this money, that's great, guys, it was, it was really hard, there were days when we looked at the bank account, and we're like, we're in the red, like, how do, and we got to give. Like, how do we do this? And there are times where we said, well, let's not, you know, maybe God wants us to pay off debt enough for us to not give. No, no, no. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. And we would give, and it would be amazing. And, and, and it's crazy. P- people in our congregation and out of it just were like, hey, I don't know what it is. God just told me to give you this. And, and it they, would be a number, and we check. were like, what? <laughs> we, we didn't share this story with anybody except for like our very close friends of what it is that's going on. There's no reason where you would know this. God must have told you. Like there's, okay, God, we'll keep going. What do you want us to give? Fine, let's go. Let's do it. That's okay. Um, the fulfillment of God's promises on the other side of your obedience though. That still hasn't changed. Um, so uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 uh, through 16, it says, so think clearly and exercise self-control. This was hard for me. I'm not good at this at all. I'm the one that's like, I have $5? All right, let's spend 7 All right. <laughs> think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in this world. 
So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back to your old ways of living to satisfy your desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. There's so much goodness. There's so much fulfillment of God's promise on the other side on the other side of your obedience. Yeah. And there's and there's freedom too. And yeah. just we're going to end with the band can come on out. There we're going to end with a song called Yes Lord. And it's it's a song that is not just um words, right? It's a song that's not just about um yeah, God, we're going to do this, but it's a song that I believe is driven with action behind it. There's movement in this song. There's a surrender that happens. There's the the tearing of the clothes, the yes, Lord, okay, I'm all in, God. Whatever you say, maybe it's debt freedom for your family this year. Maybe it's um giving to the church more or maybe it's maybe you feel like God is calling you into fast and pray and to really go after his heart for the nation or maybe there's a step into reconciliation or forgiveness to your family. We want to be a people. We want to be a church that says, yes, Lord, that arises. When God says, we just go, great. Maybe you don't even have time for the yes, you're already on your way because God spoke. That's the kind of church that I believe God is calling us to be in this hour. And so we're going to pray us out and into that song. Do you want to pray? Yeah, yeah. Um, God, thank you for this morning. Um, Thank you for what you have have done with Holly and I and with our family. But God, I, I, I thank you for the promise that you've already made for the people of our church and for our church. God, I pray over the uh, the vision and, and the word of debt freedom for paradox. Mm-hmm. I pray that you remove that debt, that, that fire that I and Holly felt, we feel for our church, for our community, for our church family, God. And I pray that everybody in this room, everybody watching online, they see it and they feel it as well so that we can run fast and free into what it is that you're calling us to because there's so much more goodness. There's so much more fulfillment on the other side of our obedience to you, Lord. So I pray that we step into that full force. Like the man on the airplane, he said, let's roll, God. Let's go. Let's run after you. Let's move closer to you. Let's go where you're asking us to go without even a yes, just running to it, God. We love you. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.